This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone had a good weekend. I I certainly did. I was um, enjoying Mother's Day. My family was very kind and sweet to me, so thank you very much. A little shout out to my kids and my husband. It was very nice. But... But um, welcome back to the Wealth Puzzle. Here with Mike Mansfield, and I'm Tana Pennington um, here at the Lynn Group. Yeah, hi, Mike. <laughs> uh, our focus is retirement income planning. We spend a lot of time in the details with our clients: Social Security timing, cash flow, Medicare, taxation. If you want to learn more about us, check us out on the website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is spelled L-Y-N-D. All right. Well, you're supposed to start with a scream, though. Things are bad, Tana. <laughs> scream? So, I don't want to scream. One, two, three. Ah! I know. You're do? good at that. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, fascinating time, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, this is like, ugh, it's so crazy. It, yeah. it, this is like being a parent to the stock market, right? You know, <laughs> so the true. kids being crazy and irrational and doing yeah. dumb stuff. And you're like, no, this is not. Yeah, frustrated. Stuff. Here's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So you know, true. it's, gosh, it's, 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 it's just doesn't end right now. I mean, the, the, Painful. News, the anxiety, the drama. Yeah. And I feel it, you know, just so everyone knows, guess what? Tana and I actually have a few bucks invested too. So we get to watch our own stuff go down. Yeah. And, you know, I just I'm gonna, I, I've got the attitude of, you know, buy low. And and the yeah. good news is, is I keep being dished more and more opportunity to buy lower and lower. It's incredible. Yeah, Thank you. So what I thought we could do is I thought we could gain a little perspective. So what I did is I pulled up a little uh, summary. So anyone who's watching this on YouTube or on Rumble, at least you'll be able to see these charts. I'll try to kind of talk through them as we as we chitty chat here. But what happens is, is I have a breakdown of all the different indexes and indices um, and how things are doing. And it, it tells an interesting story. So, for example, you can see here right at the top, the S&P 500 is down about 13% this year. That represents 500 large cap companies. Um, now, granted, you could go to something a little larger like the S&P 1500, which, guess what, represents how many companies do you think, Tana? If you had to guess. If it's not 500 <laughs> and, it, and it's the S&P 1500. Yes. Okay. It's in the detail. <laughs> Should I not even, I'm not even going to let you answer the question. Yeah, But what you notice that I think is kind of cool is it's also down 13%. It's down the same, which means in a larger breadth of companies, you're having a very similar experience, which is good. Uh -huh. Things, you know, you want them to be stable and consistent. Mr. Dow Jones, the industrial average, 30 large cap companies, they're down about 9%. So they've held up a little better. And then the the terrible NASDAQ, that's where all those high growth, high technology names mm -hmm. are. They're down a little over 22%. Yeah. So a little bit of a spread. I mean, oftentimes these indexes, you know, are a little tighter, but you know, Dow's down 9%, S&P down 13, NASDAQ down 22. Europe's not doing any better. They're all down, you know, in the teens kind of a dealio. Now, 
when the stock market's going down, you expect that, right? Say, hey, stock market's down. We lost money. This is terrible. We'll talk a little more about, you know, we'll say the, the putting that in perspective. But if I scrizzle my nizzle down to the bond section, it's a Snoop Dogg reference. I don't know if anyone got that. The um, what's amazing too is what are bonds? Bonds are supposed to be safe, right, Tana? Yeah. I mean, isn't that where you go when you Usually. want to be protected and warm yeah. and cozy and, and right. happy? And what's amazing is you look at some of this stuff. You say, my goodness, if I was in the Bank of America 10-year treasury fund, it's mm. also down 13%. It's down just as much as the mm. S&P 500. It's very yeah. rare that you can pick a time period where the bonds are down just as bad as the stocks. Right. Yeah, good point. But Tana for how long have you and I in this show been telling people that if you have interest rate risk in your portfolio, mm-hmm. if you have any decent length bond in your portfolio, that sucks. And you yeah. can do well in a rising interest rate environment. Right. I mean, even the safer stuff's done, you know, the shorter the bond duration or the length of the bonds, the the better, the, the better outcome at the mm-hmm. moment. So you see like two year bonds, they're down 3%. Well, remember, they're still down 3%. They're bonds. We thought these were safe. We thought they were boring. But if you look, if you're watching this on the show and you look down this line, I mean, most of these bonds are down basically 10 plus percent. It's a bond bloodbath. I mean, that's where the risk is right now. Uh, Tana, do you think the feds are going to stop raising rates tomorrow? They're coming out and they're going to say, they're going to continue raising rates quarterly. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably in a rising interest rate environment and a normalization environment of bonds for the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. And so if you own bonds, you should be scared. Tana, let's use your father as a case study. Okay. (laughs) Did you get us some kind of disclosure sign on that? (laughs) No, but he's good. So Tana had her daddy come in the office last year, Mm -hmm. right? And Tana said, Mike, why the heck did you put my dad in bonds? And I said, you did that. I didn't do that. You did that. (laughs) And, and we, we then, we then had to get those, like those blow up, like boxing gloves on. (laughs) That was fun. Boppers. And um, those are probably offensive. That's offensive toy now. You can't have stuff like that. The um, And so what did we end up doing last year with your dad's bonds, Tana? Yeah, we got him out of the bonds and we put him in a five-year fixed indexed annuity. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what's interesting about that is the whole premise of that is what you call bond proxying. And so mm-hmm. the whole idea of a bond is to get your safe, boring return. You want your you know, two, three, four percent return on your bonds, safe, boring. You ain't getting that this year. And mm-hmm. guess what? In the last few years, if you had been getting it, you just lost all that return this year in just a few months. And so the whole premise was we moved out of the bonds before the interest rate thing got bad on her dad. Mm-hmm. We went into a boring old five-year short-term fixed index annuity. Has what's called principal protection, means there's no market risk if the stock market goes down or interest rates hurt your bonds. You don't lose any money, so you stay flat. And if the market goes up, you end up earning probably three or four percent a year for that, you know, four or five year period that we're going to be in that thing. And the whole goal of why Tana did that on her dad was to try to create this band aid mm-hmm. on top of that three to five year window that we have with normalizing interest rates. Right. And so, you know, we're about to hit, I think, the first year anniversary on that thing. And I have a feeling that 
your dad probably isn't going to try to kick us in the face when he comes no, to the he's going to be happy that we saw that coming. <laughs> That's right. Saw the car yeah. accident coming. Yep. Everybody was warned. Just kidding. The um. All right, let's venture down. Commodities are doing oddly well this year because what's the main commodity? It's black and oozes out of the ground. Any ideas? Oil. Okay, good one. Um, so there it is. Here's all the different sectors. Look at this year-to-date energy sector, which is you know oil and gas and all that kind of stuff, up fifty percent, crushing it. Mm-hmm. Looks awesome. Uh, utilities are doing okay. Staples are doing okay. Materials, healthcare, they're down a little bit. The it, it gets bad when you go to that bottom section. It's it's really the the high growth, high technology, high discretionary type names. Those are the things that are really dragging the overall market down. I mean, you look at something like Amazon, who had terrible earnings, in, in big part because they invested in in Rivian, that electric car, truck company. Right. Um, they're trading their stocks trading today at like twenty two hundred bucks a share when. It wasn't that long ago that it was 3600 mm. I mean, what an incredible decline yeah, in that share price. Definitely. And then here you have it on the back end. Uh, you see there's there's two major swaths of the market. You've got growth versus value stocks in the S&P 500. Growth stocks are down about 21% on average. Value mm. stocks are only down 4%. If you kind of blend those two numbers together, that's how you come up with the S&P 500 being down about mm. 13% because there's a little bit of everything in there. Right. Um, you know, if you're one of our value investors in like the G50 or something like that, you've mm-hmm. done pretty well this year. You're happy about that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's turn the show off. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> I'm just like, like I said, I have to admit, Tana, I'm perplexed. It, yeah. It's crazy to me the data that comes out and then the market experience. You know, the, right. the market is living in that chaos factor. They're living in the, the rush is going to nuke us. And the end is near valuation. And you know what? Maybe that happens. And the only thing I can think at that point is it doesn't really matter where our money's invested if the nukes start falling. Yeah, no. What matters yeah. is is if you have a bunch of charcoal to eat. Like, can I pull that out of the barbecue and eat that? Oh, no, no. Is that the kind of charcoal? No. Well, I don't really know a lot about the charcoal thing. <laughs> no, let's hope that does not happen. Someone, I wrote it down the other day. Someone gave me uh, some, uh, one of my clients called and she was giving me um, the name of something that you take to keep the radiation out of your thyroid when hmm. a fallout hits. Okay. I got to, I got to get the lessons. <laughs> get that. Lessons. <laughs> They're going to save us. Anyways, anyways, here we go. Here's the S and P 500. I got it up on a chart. Let me, uh, let me draw some pretty lines on this thing for anyone who's watching this. So nobody remembers this, but in, Oh crud, what happened to my line? How did my line move? That was weird. In 2018, in the fourth quarter, the stock market crashed. Stock market crashed 20% pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. What is happening? How come my thing is moving? And pretty quickly it recovered. It was back to zero, so it crashed by December. Um, last week of December started to rally. By February, it was basically back to zero. 20% correction was pretty big and pretty meaningful. The um, What is going on here? Of course, nothing works when you want it to work. This is a cry for attention. Yeah, well, well, I want my lines draw, Tana. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I know, but it's weird. Normally they draw right where I'm putting them. Oh, so gotcha. It's always, you know, when you're performing like a monkey here, 
Nothing works. So then everyone remembers 2020 hits, right? The stock market crashes. This correction was significantly larger. You had a you had a correction that was 35, almost 40% decline in a very short period of time. But then again, ironically, geez, let me go grab the line. Ironically, um, the government stepped in. They spent a boatload of money. A lot of things happened. The irrationalness of how quickly the market came down came to, to fact. The, right. the market had estimated corporate profits being down probably 60, 70, 80%. They were only down 25%. And so saner minds kicked in, stock market shoots back up. And then it just keeps tootily woodling along. I mean, all mm-hmm. of you can see this chart of how this thing just kept cruising along through 2021 and into 2022. Later half of 2022, it started getting a little rocky. We had a small like five and a half percent pullback in September and then a little one in December, and then the market peaked out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then since then, geez Louise, how do I do this? Since then, stock market's come down. We were just talking about it, right? It's down 13%. That's kind of interesting, right? I mean, you know, in 18, the market went down 20%. In 20, the market went down 40%. Now it's down 13%. Everyone's losing everything. The end is in sight. We, we don't know how we're going to eat. We don't, it, it, you know... The sky is falling. Um, what's fascinating, though, is like when you take something like that. Jeez, Louise, man, these things. Like, let me let me make this a level lineup. Trust me, it normally looks cooler when 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 I guess I'm not. But recording. it works. It's like if you took a line and you went back and said, "Where are we at now from where we were?" Mm-hmm. We've basically lost 12 months on on the the market performance. The stock market at the moment is back to where it was basically in May of 2021. Yeah, good point. You know, and so it stinks. It's down. Obviously, that's daunting. It's exhausting. There's a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety out there. Yep. But the reality is, is the market hasn't come down a ton. And the reality is, is remember when the stock market was going up and it hit May of 2021 and everyone was thrilled? We're back to the you were thrilled back then moment. Yes, it's pulled back a little bit, but this too shall pass. Now, obviously, Tana and I spend a lot of time talking about economics here. Where the stock market wants to go in the moment, I don't know. All I know is in the end, historically, it always reverts back to math and facts. That's what happened in 2018. That's what happened in 2020. All of these declines, the market then went back up because the math and the facts weren't there to support the market to continue to stay down. And that's what's existing right now. I mean, here we are. Let me pull up earnings. So here's the earnings. Remember, we're wrapping up earnings season. It'll be basically over by the end of this week. 87% 87% of companies as of last Friday have reported results of which almost 80% of them have beat their earnings estimates. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Is that no, that's not great. Tana. That's the stock, the stock market should crash numbers. Then you kind of scrizzle down here. If anybody watched my show last week, which was, I'd have to say one of the best ever. The um, just kidding. I say that every week. I know. Because <laughs> um, I have no short-term memory. I don't know even know what happened last week. The, um, last week, we had a conversation about how what the year-over-year earnings growth was. Mm-hmm. And we said it was 7.1%. Mm-hmm. But if you then took out just Amazon's earnings, because Amazon, Amazon's earnings were terrible, right. the performance for the for year-over-year for these companies, earnings growth would be up over 10%. Amazon yeah. by itself just really derailed that. Well, guess what? In the last week... 
Year-over-year earnings are now up over 9.1%, including Amazon's terrible right. numbers. Yeah, good Which point. means in the last week, companies have accelerated. The, right. the surprise to the upside has been very positive. You even see it in this little article. Compared to last week, where growth was at 7%, what we had talked about. Mm-hmm. Coming off of, look at this, earnings growth rate of 4.6% is what was projected for this earnings season as of just March 31st. So in the last couple of months, earnings have come out much better than expected. You know, once again, is the sky falling? All of these earnings, remember, are in a time period during the Russia war, during the hyperinflation, during the high gas rates. This isn't this isn't like, oh, these are. Oh, well, that's because this all happened last year. This just happened over the last couple of months Mm -hmm. while everything's been terrible. It's happened over the last couple of months while the stock market's been going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what's point. been happening behind the scenes. Well, Mike, we're going into a recession. Are you supposed to say no, Mike? No, <laughs> no, Mike. No, it's not true. It's not true. Oh. Please. Well, yeah, but true. remember, so we, we 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 talked about this last time too, right? Yeah. We just, we're having we had a decline in the GDP for the first quarter. Well, I just went to the uh, Atlanta Federal Reserve website. That's a bank associated with the government that deals with all this junk. And what they do is they use high frequency data to start estimating what they think current quarter GDP could look like. And so you can see here on the middle of the screen here, as of May 4th, ooh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th, (laughs) the Federal Reserve said, um, they have current quarter GDP estimated at a positive 2.2%. Now that can't be true, right, Tana? Because it, it this should be negative because right. we're in a recession. It's all over. Or maybe the data doesn't exactly represent the BS that the news keeps talking about. I would agree to that. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, I like I said, I I I think I mentioned last week a client sent me a screenshot of Don Lemon on CNN with some kind of headline like recession slash depression coming. Mm-hmm. Now, what now? How on earth could anybody be freaked out, you know, when at 8 p.m. that's what they're watching on the news? You know, oh, good. Hey, good news. I heard uh, depression's coming. I don't want to wake up in the morning and sell all my stocks. It's going to set you up for some nightmares. Right. You know, but once yeah. again, uh, you know, emotions and facts, mm-hmm. data and rationale. I mean, pick your verbiage you want to use here. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm really struggling mm-hmm. with the data. The earnings are solid. The GDP is solid. Um, you know, stock market is, is not representative of that at the moment. And then here we are. Uh, so then we, we fast forward. Okay, so maybe, the, maybe that economic data doesn't support the recession. But the Feds are going to cause a recession. The Federal Reserve raising interest rates will cause the recession then. And so what I pulled up here is the, um, the Fed funds rate. And so this is just a little simple um, you know, graph of where the Fed funds rate is. Remember, this is the thing that everyone is scared of. This is the thing that is fighting inflation but ruining everything else. And it's hard to see on here, but on the left side, this is right before 2008, if anyone remembers the big market crash of 08. Anyways, um, the Fed funds rate was about 4%. Well, that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. How on earth could the market have been going up if the Fed funds rate was 4%? That doesn't make any sense, according to today's rationale. Then 08 happens. The Feds become 
oddly accommodative. They bring the Fed funds rate basically down to zero. It then lives in the zero range if you're looking mm-hmm. at this chart all the way until about 2015. And I bet there ain't a dang person watching this show, all five of you, that includes me and Tana, so <laughs> the three net that are left over, mm-hmm. that you know even realize how reasonably aggressive the feds were actually raising the fed funds rate between 2015 and 2019. It was pretty consistently tooting back up as they were trying to normalize it. And prior to the COVID crisis, the fed funds rate was almost two and a half percent. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. One way or another, those are pretty damn good years in the stock market. Mm -hmm. You know, and isn't it amazing? Well, wait, how can the feds be raising rates? And the stock market goes, this doesn't make any sense. I was told that if the feds raise rate, the fund's over. <laughs> the fund's over. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Sorry, your free car loans are gone. <laughs> you know, getting a getting a 30-year loan on your mortgage at two percent is gone. Yeah. You know, the fact that even existed is probably bizarre in and of itself. Right. What company does business like that? Yeah, let's, let's do some 30-year loans at 2%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in it to make money, Anyways. too. Yeah. So COVID hits, right? They crash, crater, maybe that Fed funds rate back to zero. And here we are. They're raising it. So now it's at 0.75%. Now it's coming up, and they're going to raise it more. And, and, and obviously, there's more to the story. You know, the quantitative easing versus quantitative tightening with the Feds. I mean, so there's other pieces to it, obviously. But in simple... Simplicity, I want to remind all humans that come across this that historically the Fed funds rate has been way higher and still allowed for a healthy economy with an increasing GDP with the ability for the stock market to increase. Yeah. And so maybe the fact that they're normalizing rates as much as that combats inflation, it's also just a good thing for the Feds to get this rate back up for the sense of normalcy. If we have the next financial crisis, and the Fed funds rate was still at zero, you, you know, it's like pfft, there's no bullets for the gun here. What, what's the government going to do to help? Mm-hmm. So anyways, there we have it. What'd you learn, Tana? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel a little bit better about waking up this morning and, and seeing I don't. The stock market is down and everything's still falling apart. Well, and, and they don't talk about this kind of data. They talk about the, you know, wow, so Bitcoin's going down. That means know. the NASDAQ's going to crash. <laughs> yeah. Jeez Louise. You know, how many, how many people do you actually know that own Bitcoin? <laughs> I mean, do you, do you know, like, like do well, all of your friends own Bitcoin? Mm, well, actually, I think the younger crowd does. does yeah. You hang out with younger people? Well, no, but I, I have, what? I have kids. Uh, that, kid, yeah, ugh. they're in college ugh. or they're just starting out and they're Oh, that's going to be unfortunate and, for you to so. have to deal with those opinions. <laughs> college no, it's kids good. Opinions. It's good to kind of get an idea of what they're thinking, what they're worried about, what they're excited about, what they're working yeah. on. I enjoy it. Hmm. All right. That's it. That's all I got. What was it? Till next week. Actually, there won't be next week. I will be out of the office uh, for a few days next week, so there will not be a show. So if the stock market is still going down, do not think that I have officially exited the business. (laughs) And you can come look at the plywood on the windows. Thank goodness. Look, positive vibes, everybody. Yeah. You know what? We've been through, it's just in the last handful of years, we've been through much worse Mm -hmm. stock market cycles. Right. And somehow 
The market always reneges, reverts, and goes back to normalcy. And what I want to be is that voice of reason that, hey, the, the data is not that bad, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't support the, the end is near. So I am still very optimistic. Tana is still very optimistic that the stock market is going to recover and we're still going to have a nice, happy year. It just needs to hurry up and get on with it. <laughs> So anyways, if you have any questions, uh, give our office a call 805-500-7035. As Tana mentioned, you can visit our main website, yeah. The Lind Group. Lind is L-Y-N-D. So it's thelindgroup.com and 805-500-7035. Everyone have a great day and toodaloo. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.